Tis I, Lord Podcast. Are you yearning to equip yourself with the confidence to record? Elijah, the skilled podcast professional, is preparing himself for a tale of tools and skill that only a mighty podcaster may employ in one's podcast journey. Elijah, I do believe that we shall teach our weary wanderer the confidence that they strive to achieve. Shall we start a podcast? We shall. It's settled. Let's start a podcast. Alyssa is the same person, but uh, better than me. Is that uh, the <laughs> truth? You're a podcast producer. Like You have a legit business doing this, kind of like what I do. And I thought it'd be cool to put our dukes up to battle, to go toe-to-toe, to see uh, what the differences are between uh, podcast producers or, or agencies or what have you. So I hope you're up for it. I am. Good. That's... Solid confidence. Two words, confident. Bring it. I love it. <laughs> yep. So you dance on the side, Alyssa. This is uh, a hobby of yours? So I wouldn't say it's a hobby. This is a, this business takes up a large chunk of what I do, but I, I am a multi, very, very multi-passionate person. And, and one of those passions is dance. I'm a professional dancer cool. in the evening slash in the daytime if I'm doing choreography. Um, I also sing and I act. I went to school for the arts. That's kind of where this all started and to me podcasting is just another creative medium and that's kind of where this all came to be you seem to have the business side of things down where i uh, honestly uh, forgot 10 minutes before a podcast because of my day job getting focused and and getting excited and thankfully Alyssa was kind enough to tag me on the ground I'm like ah got 10 minutes <laughs> how is it just innate uh, skill that you have to go past the creative wisdom and magic that you have to really nail down that organization, that social marketing that you seem to be really good at and the business stuff. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for the social marketing side of things. I, I will tell you a secret behind that in a bit, but, ooh. um, Ooh, <laughs> all, uh, Alyssa tells all. Yeah, yeah. I will say though, that I I'm very lucky. I've grown up, um, in a family of entrepreneurs. So mm. I, I guess I've always been surrounded by the possibility of, running your own thing and just like letting that be. However, I will say that the actual business side of things is, uh, I don't want to say that it's not my burning passion. I do love creating and I love helping other people create, but the actual business side of stuff like the accounting and like all the, you know, the things that create the, the actual business, that's not the stuff that I love to do, but I do do it. Um, and I guess I found a system that works for me that still feels fun and creative in a way. Um, cause I feel like that's where my brain really is, is lit on fire. But I will say when it comes to the social marketing stuff, um, cause I know we were kind of talking about that before, before we hit record, I know that it's really important nowadays that your Instagram is an extension of your website and it's basically your portfolio. Um, and specifically because I work with, with other business owners that want to create podcasts is kind of my, my niche. They they really like to hire based on who you are as a person. So I'm like, okay, well, how can I show my personality without me starting another podcast and with, <laughs> without me uh, needing to run another thing on top of everything else that I do? And, and I was like, okay, so social media, I have to double down on this. Um, I will say, though, that my secret is recently, super recently, um, I have brought on a social media marketer to help uh -huh. me with my Instagram. So it's half run by me, half run by um, uh, this business <laughs> that I work with. Okay. And she's really awesome and, and we work in tandem. So, you know, she's learning a lot about podcasting and audio as I'm, you know, helping her write the the content for it. And then she creates these awesome graphics and it kind of has worked out really well. Everybody 
struggles as a podcaster, hobbyist or getting started. There's usually a low budget. There's usually not a lot of cash flow at the beginning. So how long in your podcast business did it take you to realize and be able to afford someone to just grind through social for you? Yeah. Um, I will say that it, yeah, in the beginning, especially for a podcaster who's starting from, they don't have any following. It, it takes time. And as a producer too, it takes time to, to build a client base. Um, however, I was in a very, very lucky position and the very first client that I signed, um, loved me very much <laughs> and uh, was very open to talking about my business and spreading the word to her friends who also run businesses. And a lot of them were looking to start podcasts. So my uh, client base grew via word of mouth in the beginning cool. at a rate that honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I was not expecting at all. I didn't have the framework for it. And all of a sudden I was like juggling 10 balls in the air. And I was like, how do I, how do I do this? How do I run a business that has this many clients with one person? So I am lucky on that side of things. And and that's kind of where the uh, everything I kind of had a little a fire lit under me that that had to, you know, get the business going so I could have the money to get the social marketing going. To avoid the artificial pity for me, as I'm doing the hard way, if I may, that I've realized I didn't have too much luck just starting out uh, on the professional side, but I'm doing this as an enthusiast for 20 years. I didn't have uh, a DNA uh, entrepreneurism in my family genetics. So here I am trying to grind and figure things out on the I guess the fly, right? Uh, the Reddit posts or the Facebooks or the Googles. What advice do you have to keep things straight and organized to kind of look like you know what you're doing? Oh, I mean, if you if I'm if I'm being honest, I don't think anyone really knows what they're doing. And I think that's the secret sauce to everything is once you realize mm -hmm. that you're not alone and feeling like everything's always kind of a little bit disorganized, you're already halfway there. Um, in tandem with that, I write everything down. There is not... Mm -hmm ever a notepad that's not in the, my back pocket or um, my notes app open on my phone because I am if I have an idea I write it down if I need to get something done I write it down and that's just how I keep myself on track on top of I will say the third thing <laughs> as I'm thinking about this as I go is just having a really clear concise schedule for yourself that keeps you on track I like yelling into my iPhone like Siri you got to remind me of this and it's like <laughs> I don't understand what you just said. And I was like, I just forgot. And so notepad for me for the win. Notepad. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Oh, actually, I shouldn't have even said that. It might, might set my phone off, but uh, but I use it all the time. <laughs> if you're listening, you have an iPhone. Sorry, not sorry. Whoopsies. Yeah, we'll just say, go. hey, Google for fun, yeah. right? Just to make everybody happy. <laughs> Everyone's running That's around good. their house right now. Ah, it's all it. If I could start a podcast just to give people the impression that their devices are always listening. I'd be okay for that. That but, would actually be kind of funny. <laughs> That'd yeah. be a great concept for a show. I'm glad that two creatives just uh, willy nilly, just whatever, will wing it, have some fun, which is good. But some things aren't fun when you have to stop a podcast. Like, who's Lynn is it anyway? I butchered the title. Who's Lynn? It, who's Lynn? I want to say line, Alyssa. You're throwing me. Your last name is Lynn. Who's Lynn is it anyway? Third time's a charm. It's a little bit of improv. Uh, can you give me a bit of a. A, a run through about the podcast that you had as I've had many that have faltered. Uh, why did you start it and stop it? How about we start there? Yeah. So, um, my sister who is like my, my best, best friend, she's my older sister, Vanessa, um, her and I 
are have been best friends since the day I was born. And we've always talked about, oh, we should start a podcast. Oh, we're so funny. We talk about all these things all the time. We're just like, you know, patting ourselves on the back. And uh, I will say we did not hop on the uh, the lockdown, um, you know, podcast train that so many people did because we actually did um, have the front. Oh, did you hear that? That was a, a podcast delivery. Is that what that was? Oh, maybe it was. Okay, just checking. I'm not sure. Not sure how efficient my mic is being today. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, I was saying. Um, Vanessa's your best friend. Thank you. Vanessa is my best friend, and uh, we were um, had the framework for the show kind of going before everything went down, and everyone kind of had to had to go into hiding in their houses and had nothing to do but start podcasts. Um, so when we found ourselves with all the extra time, we were like, "Well, I guess we're I guess we're going to launch this thing. Like, might as well." It's kind of it was just a fun pipe dream, honestly, and nothing about it at that time was serious. I that's really where I learned a lot about podcasts that kind of later turned into this business for me now, right? Um, but that's where I learned a lot of the I'll say the nitty gritty, like the the smaller details of really how to run a show. And it was through trial and error that show is what gave me the foundation that I stand on now because I learned so much just from doing things wrong. Awesome. And I had we had a very 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 small audience, um, mm -hmm. but oddly a really dedicated listener base which was kind of funny like it, it wouldn't grow any more than it it reached like a hundred um a hundred downloads every episode which is still pretty considerable i would say for someone that didn't have any you know previous following but it wouldn't grow any further but the people that were listening to it still wanted more so after i think we did two seasons we were like okay you know what we're talking about nothing at this point let's just like we're just we're just cutting this where it where it is and and it was a lot of fun um but yeah the, through trial and error on that show is, is what got me to where i am today i fully fully believe that i did an internet radio station in like 2004 when nobody knew what yahoo music was sorry if i'm that old but and, and then I got into music. I love music. Oh, yeah, right on. And then I got, you know, a 90s looking website that was terrible, but uh, I was proud of it because I did it. And then there was, that was called My Own Spin. And then I did Nerdy by Nature, which was kind of like a, exploring all these nerdy topics to make them, you know, just simple and, and relative or relatable because people had, it's boring to talk about nerdy things. I've been there too. I don't I've think it is. Through. No. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just I'm going to counter that because I'm excitement. yeah I'm I'm so passionate about people calling things nerdy, and maybe it's because I grew up an arts kid, so like I was always kind of an outcast yeah. or whatever. Yeah, okay. But to me, if something is worth like quote unquote nerding out about, it just means that it's cool enough to be interested in. Hmm. Is that how you niche down in a podcast that you t take something that you're nerding out about or are completely obsessed, enamorated with, and just record? Yeah, honestly, that's what I would say. I mean, for me specifically, because I work with with other business owners, I do work with other podcasters, but the main sure. uh, base of, of my client base is, is other business owners. It's it's that in tandem with what's going to help them grow as a business. But yeah, I would say if you're if you're just looking for a hobby show, a hundred percent, you need to figure out the thing that you can't shut up about, basically, and then then you turn on a microphone and you press record. <laughs> It's some people get bored of the social media posts. Oh, this is so much work, but I could just talk on and on and on. And maybe you can edit a few things or just leave it because that's entertaining to hear the, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that stuff. So <laughs> just do it, see what happens. And then you can learn like Alyssa did uh, from your a hundred listeners to be super interested in engaging, but uh, something to learn from and then kind of move on. Cool. Yeah.
since you're nerdy, I'm really curious because I've spent way too long as an enthusiast. I've said like 20 years or so, went to school for radio. So there might be a difference between the tech stack that we use. So I'm going to play a little game called Versus because you like improv. Hopefully it'll be truthful and not just zany and crazy, but whatever works. I'll just go down a list of stuff. We'll see what uh, what uh, you do, what I do, and then we'll kind of compare notes and, and dive into that tech stack of yours. Oh, Sound okay. Sounds good. Awesome. So a microphone of yours? Uh, okay. So what I'm currently using right now is, is an Audio-Technica MB. Okay. Um, however, I do have another microphone that I use sometimes, um, and it's I would not recommend it. It was a cheap one off Amazon that I found ages ago. <laughs> what is it? I need to know now. You can't just um, It was called like Audio Zing or something like that. It was like a random, some random, it was like super discounted. Um, and I, I bought it more for the, the look of it cause I, I needed it to fit in a specific space at the time, but I, I use this one. This is audio technica is my go-to. <laughs> that RGB is addicting. Is it not? That lights up and flashes and does all these things while you're recording. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so audio technica, I have uh, the Shure SM58, uh, because, uh, it seemed to be fun as a radio, uh, nerd. It, it was a good idea. Uh, how about Mac or PC? What's in your wheelhouse? Oh, or you can tell me you have a backup crappy PC and you have an awesome Mac. Is that <laughs> Actually, no. The truth is, if I'm being honest with myself, I currently have a crappy Mac, um, which is I, it's it's working for me. But I'm actually at a point right now where I need to upgrade my computer, and I'm I'm walking that line of of maybe going over to PC because it offers me a little bit more customization as someone that runs a, a business that <laughs> relies heavily on tech. Um, right. But I would say right now I'm a Mac person just for ease of use because i'm uh, newer to the entrepreneurial game i'm on a pc with audition so one i'm a baller I, i'm getting to a least a list level then i can get my garage band and imac so one day soon garage band is not uh, all i would say that it's uh, i mean for podcasting it's good I, I would say that garage band for podcasting is good but it's 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 really made for making music you know so do you prefer uh audacity or audition or other um, actually there is a new platform, um, which maybe if you, if you've not heard about this, I'm going to impart some knowledge on you. Um, sure. there's a new platform called Descript that I have mm -hmm. found recently and I have fallen in love with, and it's, it works really well for podcasts. Basically you can edit your yeah. show. Like it's a document, like it's like a word document. Yeah. I'm going to come back to that because I have some thoughts, but uh, this is interesting <laughs> that you meant, uh, got into that. Do you use Trello or Notion? Or do you just stick to the old-fashioned notepad, as you mentioned? Um, I, I've used both of them in the past, and they're both great platforms, but I actually prefer a platform called Asana, so I'll raise you a third there. Mm. Strike note. This is terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's totally fine. Instill the knowledge on me, because that, that's what it's all about. Uh, can you be a podcaster that's nerdy or sexy, or do you have a preference? Uh, what do you mean, like in how you how you portray yourself? Portray yourself, uh, image, uh, topics, sex sell, or do nerds oh. sell topics? I think the stereotype with podcasts would be the nerd. However, I think I think there's a, a space for both, personally. I mean, if you look at like a show as big as Call Her Daddy, like that started as a sexy podcast, like an after hours show kind of thing, right? And there's definitely space for both. I thought um, there's a podcast that I ran into on the gram about... Uh, uh, professional workers, sex workers, if that's mm -hmm. allowed to be said. And I thought that was really interesting how these female entrepreneurs didn't take crap from anyone. They figured it out how to 
get, get that business mentality through. And it was done right and, and done with all the rules and safety nets. It was actually really eye-opening. Be like, wow, this is a really cool thing that entrepreneurial women did when business owners were all men. So I'm going to go yeah. with the sexy part, if I may. Sorry, yeah, no, Max. that's no, I, I 100% agree with that. I will say, though, I think the only reason I think I'm leaning more towards the nerdy thing. The only reason why I say that, though, is because I think people who are quote unquote nerdy about a topic have found more success over time because people who are also interested in that topic don't usually have the space to geek out about the things they love. So then they find a podcast that has a community, right, that talks about whatever, whatever maybe their, you know, their heart desires as far as nerdy stuff goes. And speaking for fellow nerds, I don't have a lot of friends, so I like to yell at my podcast as if I'm talking with them. They don't know it yet. We're best friends, but that really works. Bring home your point. Oh, no, That's absolutely. Good. I do the same thing. I think everyone does secretly. Yeah. You, do you prefer a super professional on the gram or the podcast, a business podcast, super pro, or do you prefer to be sweary and out there and crazy when you're listening to podcasts? Once again, I think it's it's like time and place. Um, yeah. Me personally... I'm I'm sure. a sweary person. I'm not I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. <laughs> I love a good swear word. I think it drives a point home like you would not believe. Um, but again, I think it's time and place who you're interviewing, you know, what your topic is about. And and yeah, uh, done right. I love the loose, wild and fast uh, conversations that people have when they're not talking over each other. They're not battling on for hours, say a couple of curse words or a naughty story. It's kind of interesting because it really gets on a personal level. It, people are being real, which I kind of like. And I'll put up with a bunch of swears and words that I shouldn't say in front of HR. So it works. There you go. Especially in front of HR. <laughs> yeah. So to come back to Descript, I've used it a bit. It's I'm a purist when it comes to audio editing. So that's mm -hmm. part of the, the scary story. I think it's great as a sidekick, but getting rid of some of the ums and ahs, have you found it to be okay? Uh, it, I find what I'm meaning is that some of the words will get clipped off or things like that. So is there a, a tool that you have to get back into? Or do you kind of just set the expectation for someone that you know, this is more of a business and you're, you're kind of just making a little more free or not super commercial sounding. That's a good question. I, so I actually recently switched over to Descript. I was editing on GarageBand for a while and I did test out a few mm. other platforms. I just used GarageBand because it was available to me with, with my Mac. Sure. But then when I found Descript specifically, because I, my clients have been working with them for a while, I okay. know, I know them. I know how they talk now. And I found that the longer I'm with a client, the more I can predict exactly how something is going to sound. And with the script, with that, you're talking about the um, the word filter. Basically, you can go out and um, and yep. filter out any filler words. Um, you can select specific words. So, for example, if I have a client of mine, she likes to say "um," you know, a lot. But everything else is it's pretty natural. Maybe she says it once or twice in a in an episode. Mm -hmm. I can go and I can filter out just those "um," you knows. Right. Mm. And I have found it, sometimes it does get tricky, um, but I have a system that works where I kind of it, it's tedious, but I, I think it's worth it. Go through, I filter everything out and then I, I go back and I, I listen to all the edits and the cuts to make sure that nothing gets cut off. Um, so it doesn't sound like it's been edited. It still sounds natural. Um, but I try to leave in some of those filler words so it still sounds like a conversation. Do you find that people come to you and say, well, you're not a real podcast producer if you're not using those truest tools or do you just want to give them the finger? 
I will say I actually haven't had anyone question my my editing ability yet. Um, and I think at least th through my just, I guess, life experience in general, I have always let my work speak for itself. Hmm. If, if anyone has ever asked about my business or anything, it's always based on send me an episode you've edited, send me a few, get, what's your portfolio like? And I send them my episodes, ones that I'm really, really proud of, or maybe with really poignant guests. And um, and I've never had anyone question otherwise. Um, but I okay. will say though, I think there's also a caveat to that because typically speaking, people who are looking to hire a podcast producer don't usually have as much technical know-how to even have that question available mm. to them. Interesting. Yeah. So pick up from that. Do you charge less because you use a tool that does most of the work for you? Or do you mm. charge the same amount because you've learned the skills to make it work, make the tool work with you and, and sound the best? That's also a very good question as well. I um, I would say I charge less compared to other producers in the market who have also been doing this a lot longer than I have. Like um, my business is uh, it's, it's like a two year old little baby at this point, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, a very a very busy little baby, <laughs> but um, two years old nonetheless. And um, I use Descript mainly, but it's not the only tool that I use. And I'm so okay. I I kind of use it in tandem again with GarageBand, like you said, because I. I do prefer to have the audio set up um, to be able to really like see everything in front of me. Um, yeah. But I will, I don't want to knock the script because uh, as a company, they are really working hard to level up their platform. Literally every single day when I go in to use it, there is a, we've got a new version, press restart. Um, and they're constantly adding new things to the platform. So I think they're trying to take a lot of feedback from from people like me who use it a lot and, and turn it into this, this uh, platform that kind of does both. For fellow nerds, they're on Discord. They have a weekly just a thing. They're talking about, hey, uh, let's just talk about the platform. What do you want to learn? What do you want to hear about? What do you want to know? And that doesn't happen with a lot of tools, especially if you're on a like $20 subscription a month. There's not a lot of overhead funds, right? For all these people to sit there and say, hey, we're just going to chat for an hour about these random people who are knocking AI because they're afraid of change. So uh, kudos. That's huge. And new tech isn't going to be perfect overnight. There's just a lot of mental pressure, I think, from human beings to say, hey, we have two hands, we're capable, but are you really? And do you really want to spend all that time going through those ums and ahs and finding them when you can have four or five clients that just want a podcast that sounds good, that just that covers the podcast basics, not the glorified audio uh, dramas, right? So maybe there's a point. Maybe it's a time to shift focus and, and try something new. Like yeah, for sure. I will say too, sorry, just last point on this because I'm yeah. I, I find this this topic so interesting, especially like picking what editing software you use. Descript has helped me a lot as a producer, really make sure that the story is being told in a clear, mm -hmm. concise way. Um, whereas, you know, like on GarageBand, you can't see the words in front of you, right? So you can't really uh -huh. make sure that that thing's being carried out. Um, but I, I personally, I think creatively, it, it helps my clients, you know, tell the story beginning to end in a way that's really digestible for their audience. And if they're not using Descript, there's a ton of other transcript tools, unfortunately, just another step, right? And so that's an extra piece, but never thought about that because I always listen to the story with my ears first, because that's how I just learned how to do things. You coming into it, you're looking with, dare I say, you're looking at a podcast with your eyes first, you read the script, make it flow, and that's what works for you, like reading a book. 
So that's pretty cool that you you come up with that because then you really can understand the flow. Is this boring? Am I falling asleep? Do I need toothpicks in my eyes to get through this? Because <laughs> people don't realize, they don't have the self-awareness to go, oh, this podcast isn't great just because your heart is in it, you love it. And they don't want to throw it away like a bad ax just keeps coming at you every Saturday or showing up at your house. You don't want that. You got to yeah. just kind of move on, right? Yeah, you got to be willing to zoom out sometimes. Yeah, I try to zoom out, but always hyper-focused on this stuff. And and I'm glad that you're getting into it and open to the questions because so many people are thinking, I, I don't I don't know if that's really a good idea. Um, it, yeah. Especially with Audacity. I use that for so long because I got used to it. It's a free tool. I get handy. It was great. And then I go to audition and there's a bit of AI built in that, right? So, you know, half of my workflow is gone because I'm not having to do everything manually. So if I bump up to Descript more often, maybe I should give it a second chance. Maybe. I don't know. They just did, um, they, they've they now bought out Squadcast, which is like a whole other yeah. camera. It could be a whole other episode, honestly, because that's like a this week in podcast news thing. Um, right. But they just bought out uh, Squadcast, which is also the platform that I use to record on. Cool. And it has now changed the game as well. I, I really do think in terms of AI, I think we're going to start to see it trickling into almost every single platform. Even right. GarageBand, like I like, why can't they make AI drums? Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's possible. Just have to figure it out. Exactly. Uh, can I ask what the difference or what the best thing that you like about uh, your streaming tool? Because I'm using StreamYard. Some people use uh, R- Riverside for the remote podcast, the video stuff. Uh, what features are you into? Yeah. Um, well, I'll be honest with you. Um, the main thing that I was like, yep, Squadcast, that's the one. Um, is because as a as a podcast producer, I can um, manage multiple shows at once, and it, the the layout of managing multiple shows is really streamlined and really mm-hmm. nice. Especially because a lot of the clients that I work with, it's not just working with them; it's working with them and their team of their business. So I have you know my podcast host from you know show number one, but I also have their social media manager and their video editor and all these other things that, you know, go in tandem with the show that I'm working with. So they have easy access to the files. And that's really why Squadcast was kind of the the be all end all for me. Um, but on top of that, uh, it records, oops, it records in individual screens. Um, so it allows them to use the content again on Instagram and it, recycling that content is really useful for business owners that have podcasts. People have questions about Descript or Squadcast. Where do they go to find you? Uh, if they've got questions right about that, that would be at the podcast producer on Instagram. Um, and then if they're checking out my website, it would be the podcast producer biz, B-I-Z.com. Cool. I promised to get into it before uh, we got going, but Alyssa, we got into some serious conversation and just kind of went to it. You were excited. I was excited. We slapped our microphones. The doorbells were <laughs> ringing. It was pure pandemonium. I really enjoyed this. Do you have any uh, wise words of wisdom, final thoughts from the, uh, the entrepreneur master, the podcast producer herself? Uh, how do you get started on a podcast? What should you avoid? Maybe a couple things for us. My one major piece of advice that I give everyone, um, especially if you're in the creation stage, like you haven't really, uh, like it hasn't launched yet or anything along those lines, uh, comes more from the creative side of me. And that is don't knock any idea. Hmm write everything down, let everything be a possibility and let it play out until it's, until it's a hell no. If if I can say hell no, I think think that's not considered explicit. (laughs) Uh Um, But yeah, that's, I think in the beginning, a lot of people, they get stuck in, in what I call analysis paralysis, 
because there is so much information online. I'm very aware that I'm one of those people online that shares information about how to start a podcast, but it's really easy if you feel like you don't have the technical know-how of how to run a show to get scared and then just completely get cold feet and back off. So take it one step at a time, but most importantly, write everything down. Don't knock any idea. Let everything be a fully fledged thought before you go, okay, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. And especially if there's three bazillion crime podcasts, still record it anyway, because half of the time people will just dive and they'll, off they go, quit after six months. So you could have a different angle. You could have a different guest. You could have different cases. Like there's so much crime history. So just do it. Or if your family says that you're a, a a live 12 year old that loves fart jokes, don't rule it out because somebody <laughs> out there on the internet is going to love the bathroom humor. It, yeah, no, sense. absolutely. And no, like what you're getting at, which is another uh, thing that I always tell everyone is that you, no one can tell your story the way that you tell it. Even if it's been told before, how you deliver your content is, is what makes your show your show, right? That and on, in tandem with the fact that a podcasting is a long game right? It's not going to happen in six months. But if you give it a year, you're probably like you said, you're probably gonna, you know, outlast a lot of the other shows that are online. We got a little crash course 30 minutes of Alyssa's the podcast producer story, but you're clearly gonna have to check her out in the gram, the show notes description, all that in case you forget your memories like 27 minutes long, you still get the information. So here we are sharing your story, having a great time. And thanks for joining me. Appreciate this. Thank you. Mm, let's start a podcast.